0: welcome to Messy in the Middle, the podcast. We are two realtors from two different coasts working to improve and grow. We believe you deserve to have a thriving business and live a balanced life. Your journey from ideas to implementation starts now. Hey, everybody. Uh, Ed and I want to welcome you to Three Realtors Meet in a Bar. Agent Interview Series. This is what we're doing, guys got some incredible content. Got anything to add, Mr. Billings?
1: Always. It's. I think we're really going to enjoy this series. We dig into the human side, the lessons learned, and the, as well as the systems of what make some of these amazing agents great. And we think you're going to get a lot out of it, and you might even tear up occasionally. There's some great stories.
0: First <laughs> the Kleenex? Rock and roll. Where's the Kleenex?
1: Where's the Kleenex? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hey, everybody, we are really excited to present a new series that we're starting here, and it's agent interviews and agent stories is probably a better way. And I think the working Mm -hmm. title we've been going with is, uh, you know, three realtors meeting a bar. So (laughs) (laughs) it's just that kind of feel. What we found when we go to these conferences is we really enjoy, you know, after the conference, having a drink, and hearing somebody's story about what makes them successful in their real estate journey. And our first guest today is Luce Daniels from Yay. Denver, Colorado. So, Luce, Hi. welcome, welcome.
2: Hi, thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me. I'm so excited to be here with you. And we're we are, excited to have you, Luce.
1: We are really excited to have you. So, uh, Luce is a uh, Keller Williams agent. Um, she's in Denver, Colorado. And she got into the business in two thousand and one. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jeffy and I started in two thousand and two. So we're kind of right yep. right around that yeah. same time period. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. yeah. so you've had an opportunity to see a lot. But what we kind of like to do is, you know, take us back to the beginning back in two thousand and one. You know, what was going on in your life that led you to become a realtor?
2: Well, I was uh, my first marriage and um, had two youngsters, two little kids. And, uh, you know, my husband and I were having a little bit of financial trouble. I had um eight to five job. I actually was working with the Colorado Supreme Court back then. And mm-hmm. I I needed, he was asking me to supplement my income. So... Mm-hmm. Back then, we used the, the classified paper. <laughs> and yeah. So I was looking uh, for by the letter P for part-time, and it ended. I couldn't find anything, and then it moved to R, and it said, real estate, you've been thinking about doing it for so long. Why not start now? Oh, and I love that. And I was You're like, well, I guess, I guess I'll go and listen to the to the spiel and see what's what that's all about. I've been curious about <laughs> it. And here I am. I love this. Since
1: oh 2001. my gosh! So 2001. If I hear you right, so there was kind of some financial pressure. It sounds like in the in in the household, and that was that was a tough time. Was it after 9/11 or before? Where was it? It
2: was right before 9/11. I started school in 2000. Yep. 9/11 was September. Um, yeah, September 11, 2001. Right. So, I was really trying to prove my husband that I could, you know, bring more home to the, put more money to the to the household and and help everybody. And I was so excited about becoming a realtor. Ended up getting my license in May of two thousand one, mm-hmm. and I was hoping that you know this extra income that in my mind was going to come right away. <laughs> was going to save my marriage, you know? <laughs> we, ended up, we ended up not being able to stay together. Unfortunately, yeah. that wasn't that wasn't enough. We couldn't work together. But you know what? Two beautiful children were left from that marriage and uh, lots of learning. And um and fortunately I was able to start my career. I became a single mom soon after mm-hmm. I um I started my real estate career and I said, well, I guess I had to make it happen. It's just me now. Yeah. There wow. you go. Well, it's it's not,
0: just
1: me now.
0: It's just me now. I found yeah. I found my career in the in the classified ads and here I am. Do I, uh, I am. How did did you keep your job at the court as well as the job in real estate to start? I I did in the very beginning. And
2: Mm -hmm. uh, did it for maybe, I'll say, four or five months. And finally, my broker, Susan Jocelyn, said, you know, Luz, at some point, you need to dive in. So Mm -hmm. right now, you are just putting your toe inside the water. You need to dive in to make this real estate career happen. And I yeah. said, well, I guess I'm going to say goodbye to my part-time job with the court, which I had changed to a part-time job. And I finally left. I finally said, I, I think I can do this. I think I can do this. And I <laughs> I went, worked uh, open houses, left and right, uh, two days, you know, four open houses every weekend, uh, all that good stuff. Wow. I,
1: I've got to ask you, so you start, you're starting, you're kind of doing both part-time and... As we know now, as you know, successful full-time agency, you can't do it part-time. You're either all in or you're not. But but at that point, it's really got... That's scary. Can you tell us a little bit about that moment and how you dealt with that?
2: Oh, my goodness. I mean, it definitely has to come from inside of you and say, you know what? You can do it. It's, it's going to be hard. You need to watch your expenses and all this. Uh, They always suggest for you to have three to six months in reserves before you go uh, Mm -hmm. solo. And I didn't, I didn't have them, but I said, you know what? I I had to make it happen. Then I knock at doors. I was the door knocking leader in my, in my office. And I will take new agents out to show them how to do it. And And then I realized it was just a numbers game. You just have to knock a certain number of doors and, and talk to a certain number of people, and something will happen, and it started happening. And I became, you know, a rookie of the year that year. Oh wow! Um, wow. And um, you know, I don't think that in air charity, but I did a, a, a great job, and I was able to finally start seeing production coming my way.
0: That's just okay. incredible.
1: Yeah, that's that's really something. So. You know, you, you got in, and yeah, kind of it sounds like you really focused inside, internally, and said, "I'm I'm just going to do it. I'm going in full time." Did you meet any other resistance, or what? What did other people say about this as you were as you were diving in?
2: Absolutely. I mean, I had this uh, a toddler. I had a toddler and a five year old, five six year old, and uh, it was hard. I cannot lie to you. I am not going to lie to you. I just I had back back then, you know, you had to sign three copies of your your contract and (laughs) and bring bring the earnest money to the office uh, Mm -hmm. to present your offers. I worked with a lot of buyers in the beginning and uh, my children, I had to wake them up and say, we need to go to Kinko's and i need and we need to make some copies and i need to fax this contract right now i don't have a fax machine at home it's 11 8, 11 p.m. and the kids will just wow. have to get in the car with me and it, it was a lot so their grandma their their dad everybody's like you you know you're putting a lot of uh, pressure on these children and wouldn't you be better going back to getting a job and that kind of stuff <laughs> so mm. there was a lot of resistance i I said, you know, I just, I'm, I cannot go back. Uh, I'm not going back. I know what it is having a 5 yeah. job. I know what it is being in a place where, you know, you're done by 3 p.m. and you have to sit there until 5 p.m. no matter what. So I said, no, I'm gonna put as much effort into my business and hopefully see the results from it. And I wow. did.
0: I love this because I feel like you saw no obstacles. You knew you had to do something and you just said, I'm doing it. There's uh, I've, I've got the carbon copies. I'm going down to Kinko's. I'm faxing this in. Like you didn't let anything stop you, which is just amazing. Cause because a lot of people like Ed and I did a podcast and we talked about uh, these two cyclists and one looks at the other and says, I love that it's pouring with rain because half the people here quit before they even start. Oh, wow. And you did not, quit which is beautiful
1: yeah you had no quit in you and you nope. you know nope. and i remember mm-hmm. those days it's like having to be in people's homes at 10 11 o'clock at night and you've got children single parent you've got to manage all that that's mm-hmm. really really hard but you, you didn't have that quit before we kind of transition into that first year and getting started and wins and losses that drive do you did that come from a particular place or, or where do you where do you think that's coming from?
2: I think it comes from my mom. I come from a, you know a single mother household and I grew up in Colombia. We grew up with a lot of uh, you know uh, monetary limitations and my mom was a, a very hard worker. She worked for a factory, a liquor factory in my city Cali. And uh, I will see my mom, you know, uh, they had a bus and the uh, the factory bus will drop her off, let's say, at around 2 a.m. after working the first shift. And she will come home, uh, take a shower, do, you know, prepare, the, uh, you know, lunch for us, breakfast, leave it all ready, uh, maybe sleep for an hour if if able to, and then change into a new uniform, and wait. And then the bus will stop again at 5 a.m. for the new shift. Uh, So my my mom worked so hard, and I watched her do it, and it was hard on us, but she taught me the the importance of not giving up. You know, she in Colombia put uh, through uh, private school in Colombia four kids.
0: Oh, wow. Wow.
2: Three children, then she adopted a... Uh, one of my my cousins my first cousins she got a, so now there's there were four of us and and she made it happen and that that's what taught me that you can do it it's hard but you can do it
1: wow that is that is so inspirational it
0: um, really is it is for me it
1: really too. is so, yep so you know you've you've made the decision. You've had the crisis come. You've made the decision. You're starting. You've gotten some negative feedback. Now you're in it. And I think we've got a sense of some of the frustration or the challenges you're facing. Um, and and you're going out and you're door knocking and you're doing, doing the hard things. Tell us about some of the wins you had in that first year.
2: Well, I uh, recognize that being bilingual will help me a lot. Ooh. And also recognize that you don't necessarily need a second language. You just have to be a hard worker. And uh, there were plenty of agents who didn't have a second language and did much better than I did. So I said, you know what? I have, I um, I, I can do what they did. And, and so I dived into my language, you know, mm-hmm. that helped a lot. And then I started gaining some respect and recognition. And then I was feeling more comfortable with the, with, with, with everybody. I w- I started working with uh, families from, you know, this is a a nation that has immigrants from all over the world. And I was able to start mm-hmm. working with people from Bosnia, you know, people oh, from Ethiopia, yeah. you know, I, I just felt like, Oh, they have their group, they have their area and they don't want to talk to me. Well, they, they were open because they saw the, Determination that I had to help them. Oh, I just got and shivers. I know. As, as, long, as long as I as I could show them that my my best interest was their best interest, they just uh, started saying uh, to their brothers, their their kids, the anybody, just go with Luz. She'll help you. She'll and that's one of what that's my statement. I say, call Luz and call it done. And I keep working until <laughs> we get it done, and that is my—that's wow. my slogan. That's Call great. Losing, get it
1: done. So, so this became—it it sounds like because you uh, had this uh, immigration back, immigrant background, and you had the second language that you were able to kind of lean into this experience and develop this line of business. Is that—is that a correct statement?
2: Yes. Absolutely, that being bilingual helped a lot. I noticed the lack of um, uh, help. Uh, how much help the the Hispanic market uh, needed here in Denver. Back then, I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember, uh, you could be a mortgage broker and not have a license. So they were taken advantage by a lot of people oh. because they were not they didn't oh. speak the language. They didn't speak English, so they knew that when they were working with me, I would make sure that whomever lenders I referred to them were people who were not going to try to take advantage of them. So that was one part of it. And, you know, Spanish speakers or English speakers, doesn't matter. If you know that you have a person backing you that is going to refer you to others that are not going to try to abuse you, absolutely, that's how Mm -hmm. they kept coming. And I don't know if you remember... The market crashed and, um, you know, we have yep. those. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> we have those,
0: we, uh, we lived through that, Liz.
2: We had the situation, <laughs> you know, when they were offering, some lenders were offering, oh, buy two houses for, for the payment of one house. But they were not telling people that those two payments were going to balloon after six months. I knew that that was not a good deal for my client. And in some some aspects, some some in some uh, situations, sometimes I just said, look, I I cannot help you. You do wanna do a yeah. loan like that, but I just don't. F- I know that's not in your best of interest. I know how much money you make, and I res- I, I I want I want to sleep well at night. I, I want to sleep well at night. So I'm just not gonna touch it. And they went with someone else sometimes and then they came back to me and said, well, we were taking advantage of I told you. <laughs> yeah.
0: This is a this is a great reminder that lose is definitely about the human and not about the deal. And yeah. that's one thing that Ed and I talk about a lot. There's a lot of agents out there that don't have the client's best interest at heart. And it's just so beautiful to talk to somebody who does. And it's just, it's
1: lovely. It really is. So I think we're getting a sense of how you were getting started. Now, you mentioned your broker, Susan. Was she a bit of a mentor for you? Or did you have anybody that was kind of showing you the ropes?
2: Susan Joslin, Caroline Joslin, her husband, they were great mentors to me. Uh, It was a wonderful office. One of those, um, even though Century 21 sounds like a huge company, you know, the H office is independently owned. Uh, Steve Arn. We just passed recently. It was amazing. And they were always teaching me, you know what, Luz, it's about do- giving good service. And, and one thing I never forget about Susan, though, was you need to work. When your phone is not ringing, that means <laughs> the clients are not coming. <laughs> so that's a big reminder. Even at even now, when I don't uh-huh. hear the phone ring, I'm like, I need to get back and <laughs> connecting with my people. And it's funny yes. because you know, at first I was door knocking and and kind of meeting new people. Then it became like I want to make sure that everyone I work with has been referred to me. Mm-hmm. And today is 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 my bread and butter. I yeah. I get phone calls from tons of offers and they, they'll said they sell you leads and we'll give you a lead and we won't charge you or whatever. I said, you know what? I only work by referral. Yep. I love
0: and it. And
2: my business just flourished from
0: that. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to our show. We get a lot of questions about why we do this and I want to say that we love it. We sharpen our skills. We get to have fun and we get to interact with all of you. So thank you for that.
1: Thanks so much, and we do have one favor to ask. If you know anyone that's thinking about buying or selling in the U.S. or Canada, let us know. We have an amazing network of vetted agents that are so good at what they do. And what better gift can you give that person than somebody that's best of breed? Enjoy the rest of the show. Gotten started, you're getting mentored, and now you're hit, you're starting to hit your stride. It sounds like was was there a point where that all came together for you?
2: Yeah, definitely. Well, I, um, it's funny because then 9-11 happened and the market kind of crashed, mm-hmm. and my my uh, my office kept pushing and reminding us there is a buyer and a seller for every market. And that realization, it doesn't matter that it's an up market, a down market, as long as you stay in touch with your clientele, as long as you're there showing them that you are there to help, they'll love to hear from you. And mm-hmm. and there is going to be a buyer and a seller For any, in any market. My families keep growing and families can mm-hmm. get smaller and people need to move. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're here. Right. Yeah. So that's, 2000, that's really, really uh, 2004 by 2002 and three, I was doing very well. Then the market crash. Oh my goodness. 2008 was very hard. My husband was able to support me. I gotta say, um, when the ma- when the banks began to close doors, you would come mm-hmm. to the closing table and they said, mm-hmm. we don't have a closing. I said, what do you mean we don't have a closing? Here's the buyer. Here's the seller. And they're like, the bank closed <laughs> the doors." The bank closed yeah. the doors, so we don't have a closing. And and my goodness. So at that point, my husband did have to carry me for a little bit. And that was a blessing. It was yes. still, even though I was making a lot of money, I was a disorganized agent. I didn't have my finances in order. And that's that's mm-hmm. what they did it. And then I said to myself, this will never happened to me again.
0: I yeah. love that. Yeah, the learning, the lesson. Wow, yeah. yours, you and I have a lot in common. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I got. I had to. I got to yeah. thank. Uh,
2: thank um, my coach. She yep. mentioned Dave Ramsey, so mm-hmm. I got myself into the the Dave Ramsey wagon, on the Dave yeah. Ramsey wagon, and I was able to yep. get out of debt, not use credit any longer. And now, and now I am one of those agents that if I don't have the money, I will not buy it. And, yes. uh, I, I can, I, credit cards are not needed and I am successful no matter what. I don't need credit cards to be uh, become a millionaire, you know, and yeah. it's, it's just, a, it has been a lifesaver.
1: So, so what I'm hearing here is this was a bit of a crisis that happened in around this period where you were maybe a little overextended, I and then was. and then and then it dropped out. So you really learned from this. It sounds like and applied that in, into the future.
2: I sure did. And one of the smartest decisions I made back then was I was being offered because I was a realtor a very high mortgage of uh, you know mm-hmm. option. You know, you, you don't have to bring the down enough the down payment. You know, you're a real estate agent. Oh yeah, you can qualify for million and a half or whatever. And I thought to myself, okay, yeah, sure, you can qualify me, but do I want to get myself into that kind of a mortgage? And thank God I didn't because when the market fully tanked, I was able to handle my mortgage. And, um, you know, even though there were hard, hard times, I'm not going to lie, I was able to survive with That's my fantastic. new husband. And- I have
0: a or I sorry. have a quick question. How long have you been in coaching? This is going to
2: be my seventeenth year, eighteen year, wow. year in coaching. Wow, that's great. Eighteen years in coaching. I started. I started working by um, myself. I was doing my own mm-hmm. printing. I was doing my own mailers. I, I wanted to stay in touch with my clientele. I knew I wanted to stay in touch with the people I have worked with, and then I mm-hmm. met Brian Buffini. Uh, and someone told me, you know what? Whatever they're selling, don't buy it. And I waited another <laughs> five years, and then finally I went to another Brian Buffini event, and I said, I'm doing this now. So and then I then I t- told myself, I wish I had done it from the very beginning. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know what? I did it right after, and in my career. Um, has been even you know fantastic. Once I got my coach, and once I l- started listening to my coach, because at yeah. first I was paying for coaching, but I was doing whatever the heck I wanted.
1: So, <laughs> you know? Yeah, we all we all I, we go all through that. that. Well,
2: I was not coachable <laughs> in the beginning. Now, whatever my coach says, as much as possible, I listen, and 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 now I'm in team coaching and. And my career is uh, keeps growing thanks to her. That's great.
1: We're we're gonna in a minute uh, chat a little bit about where you are today, but I'd like to dive in about work life balance because you're very successful. You've got a great business. How do you balance things out?
2: It's hard. Not gonna lie. My coach taught me to change my recording and take at least one day that was important to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, it's Sunday. Take that day off and don't answer the phone, even if it kills you. I I do every now and then, but for the most part, Sundays are my days with my family. And um, my my recording also says that I'll be unavailable after 6 p.m. So Mm -hmm. I try to, as much as possible, to spend some time with the family uh, in the evenings and for the weekend on sunday for sure um sometimes you have to accommodate of course you know i mean this is a business right. where where there things happen right but right. um 90% of the time i am true to my to my schedule mm-hmm. one of the things i do is make sure that that 8 to 5 monday through friday at a minimum you know you're working very hard working yes. not playing not mm-hmm. shopping not you know so that running errands, <laughs> sorry, run, running errands, so that after six, I can be focused to, with my family. And, you know, there are clients who can meet you after six. So you kind of move your schedule. I The first thing I do in the mornings is not look at my at my email, is look at my calendar. So I know mm-hmm. what's, what's going on that day who I'm seeing that day and how I can kind of, if I am having an evening at a client's house, maybe I can go have lunch with my husband. So wow. that it feels like that I'm not putting him on the side and just, you know, do, do work, 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 work because you can work seven days a week 24 hours, right? If you want to, you, you could. Yeah. Yes, but, uh, this, this business yes. will
1: chew you up if you let it.
2: Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. So at some point, you just have to remember that the family is there, that they need you. And sometimes they just want to watch uh, some show and like are ah, like, I don't want to watch that TV show. But you just <laughs> sit there and be with them because that's what they want to do. You know?
0: Do you have a favorite system that you use in your business? Something that's giving you, I mean, I know you mentioned the calendar and looking at the calendar, but is there a system that you use that, that really keeps everything tight and clean for you?
2: I use the Brand Buffini Referral Maker a lot. Okay. 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 And I also use mm-hmm. a a Google Sheets to mm-hmm. kind of keep in mind the clients that are ready to move or have been thinking mm-hmm. about moving and what mm-hmm. I do is I put them by, I organize them by price. And gotcha. then next to it, I organize them by, by area that they're looking and uh, looking mm-hmm. for. And sometimes it just happens that, oh my gosh, this client said they are thinking about selling and look at mm-hmm. this new buyer thinking about buying in the same area, yeah. similar price range. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's put them together. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I love think, that. Um, um, the CRM has that same capability. I haven't dived into that part. It's easier for me, more visible. The way I do it with my mm-hmm. with my with my Google Sheets. Uh, but when it comes to communicating with my clientele, my referral maker is my daily go to.
1: So you've got your business now. You know it's up and running. Can you tell a little bit about the the, the listeners a little bit about that structure? How you how you're set up now?
2: Yes. Yeah, so I am the License agent. Are you asking who are my uh, team? Yeah,
1: members? T- yes, exactly.
2: Okay, yeah. So I have a transaction coordinator. I have uh, three assistants, and I am the mm-hmm. license agent. So I have a, an assistant that works with my personal and business kind of errands. And then mm-hmm. I have a um, tech assistant who prepares all the marketing materials, orders, any mailers that I'm going to send. And then I have my my other assistant that, who kind of keeps keeps me up to date on what's going on with each client. We separate our clients from A+, plus, A, B, and Cs. That yes. assistant mostly stays in touch with the Cs. Who have been okay. thinking about doing something, but they're not quite ready. Maybe they're working with their lender. Maybe they're cleaning their credit. Maybe they are fixing their house, whatever. So, to, so she stays in t- on touch in touch with them.
1: Nice. I love Is, that. That's great. And that's I assume primarily by phone and text. Is that primarily the, on the by C's? phone it's and kind of-
2: text? Yes. And it's funny because yeah. a lot of them know me, and she mentions always my name. She says, "You know, I'm working with Luz Daniels and." And we're following up and, and she's 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 building that relationship with them but at the end of the day they know they they tell her you know when we're ready we'll call loose so but it's <laughs> yeah. good that they know that someone is staying in touch and, and reminding them that we're here you know and she's part of our team
1: Wonderful. absolutely
2: well, absolutely
1: I'm gonna ask you Luz you know so you've you've come a long way in this and you've built a you know a fantastic business if, if you could go back to the very beginning of your career and you could tell yourself one thing what would it be
2: don't try to reinvent the be, the wheel there were so many yeah. systems given to me buffini or not uh you know that other agents have put in front of me and I said let me try it this other way yeah. and it's like <laughs> okay Uh, And of course, obviously today, you know, with tech and, you know, the Internet, there is so much, so much nuances that I cannot tell you I know about. But at the end of the day, guys, you end up comparing yourself to other agents and your only competitor is yourself. Mm. How can you improve Mm. yourself this year? Everything else doesn't matter. You are you.
1: Yeah, and we can get on that hamster wheel of comparison if we're not careful, and that and that's that can be really, really dangerous. Destructive. Um, yeah,
2: yeah, I just I just did it. Uh, if I if I may add, you know, I just was looking at. Uh, I was driving around a few a few clients uh, for a couple of weeks, and I happened to see the sign of this agent maybe two three times, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this person is like. Killing it. Let's listen. Let's, you know, so I I started my first, my first thought was, let's find out what they're doing. What kind of, you know, let's go into their website and they have a, you know, a great Facebook, you know, you know, positioning and wow. Yeah. And then I went to MLS and I look at their sales and I go, oh, okay. They've sold, <laughs> they sold about a 10th of what I sold last yeah. year. And You are thinking, oh my gosh, I I need to try what they're doing. You know, the grass is greener on the other side. It's like, no, no, no mm-hmm. Pick up that phone and get back to to the basics. Contact the your clients. The, the-, the
1: fundamentals. The fundamentals.
0: <laughs> love that. That's great.
1: We're gonna ask you one more question, and then I know Je- Jeffy's gonna give a little endorsement after that to um, yeah. on a great experience she sure her, her clients had, but. We'd be interested to know if if there's one client that really impacted your life and they don't know it, this would be a great chance for you to tell them about it.
2: Quite a few. Um, I am very thankful with two of them. One is um, Myra Hakes. She was very young. Veronica Flores, they, they were very young, They and they, they were investors. They just wanted to invest, and they put all their trust in me, and, and I have helped them buy and sell many times. Margarita Vega, she refers me to her entire family, her friends, and I am very, very, very grateful for her friendship and also for her trust. Actually, I saw her, I watched her start from, from the very bottom, And then she became a fix-and-flipper. And And then from that, they just built their first million-dollar, over-a-million-dollar home, $1.5 million home. I just (laughs) sold it for them. So I am very thankful. I'm very grateful with those clients who, no matter what, because everybody knows somebody. Everybody knows five or ten agents. They keep coming back to me. So I really am very appreciative of them.
1: That's wonderful.
0: Yeah, that is beautiful. And I wanted to say that I have a very, very, very close family friend, friends in Denver. And Ed had met Luz in at Peak, Buffiti's yep. Peak. And he said, Jeffy, you have to call Luz because when you have this relationship, and you know, I'm in real estate, so it's it I'm always like I love working by referral, but when you're taking these humans that you love so much and then you're passing them off to somebody and Luz took such good care of them, they would email me and text me, oh my gosh, this is a great experience. Their parents were texting me. This is an amazing experience. So I can 100% say I can put my name to Luz and if you need somebody in Denver, she's your girl.
2: Thank you there so you much. Come. They were, they were uh, I mean, amazing to work with. Uh, good students. They yes. They did their homework and and uh, I love the fact that they trusted me and I appreciate Jeffy uh, you sending yeah. them my way. Um, nice. I love that couple. They were amazing and they found good. the best home. I was as patient as possible. And they yep. just loved it. They they were they were very good. they they were very good clients.
0: And well, they loved you so
2: I am so <laughs> thankful also to be able to meet them. Good quality yeah. clients who who just love their new home and they're very grateful for for the the work I did for them and I am grateful to know them. Yes.
0: That's great, and fantastic.
1: That's well, great. well, Liz, we, we can't thank you enough for sharing your story, and I got to say, you are aptly named. You are a shining light. So, uh,
0: yeah. So,
1: uh, thank you so much. I appreciate and, uh, it. We have enjoyed this so much. Mm-hmm. So, everybody, we hope you enjoyed it as well, and we'll be bringing you more in this series. Thank
2: Thanks, you. Liz. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Go get them.
1: Wow, that. It was a great story with Liz Daniels, wouldn't you say, Jeffy?
0: I would say absolutely, and I wish that we would have interviewed her for an hour. She just had, I, I, I kept taking notes, like, um, she's from Columbia, right? Yeah. And she she found her niche market in in groups of people who weren't represented she and gave I them don't a even voice. No. Yeah. She gave them a voice. And I don't even think I just got chills again. I got chills in the interview, and now I just got chills again. So you know that really struck struck with me. But I loved the fact that Luz's primary objective is to make sure that her clients have a voice and that they're taken care of. And she even talked about the fact that she let people go. That she felt she couldn't sleep at night if they made the decision that they wanted to make. So she would give them the advice that they needed during a time where loans were just, you know, not regulated and out of control. And the this um, whole community of people, non first English speakers, were being taken advantage of massively. She tried to explain, and she would let these people go because she knew she couldn't. She couldn't live with herself if she sold them something they didn't, they shouldn't have.
1: Yeah, I know. I know, right? and her oh her backstory, yeah, you know of of having to really dig in when so many people were saying, "No, you, why are you doing this?" and and where that mm-hmm. came from from her mother in Colombia, right? That was just a right. beautiful part of her story.
0: Yeah, she said her mum got up at three or four to get the bus at five that would go to the plant, and then she wouldn't get home until three p.m. I know. And she just saw this insane work ethic. And I, I think that if we could interview Luz again, I would say, what did you take from that as a child? And can you learn from as an adult in your work ethic? Obviously, she has a massive work ethic, but right. where do the boundaries come in? Where do you draw the line? And she talked a little bit about that too, which is really beautiful, but wow
1: really a wow. lot a lot of great lessons there. Any other mm-hmm. quick takeaways before we have to zip?
0: Yeah, I liked the fact that she has three assistants because there's a lot of structure around that. You know that that agents don't necessarily need big teams, they need big support. Mm. And I I'm, you know she talked about her three assistants, one that did personal business errands, one that did team marketing and one that handled like client relations. Right. I would I would really like to dig in and and explore that.
1: That's a whole episode right there on how to yeah. how to leverage um, assistance, how yeah. to build the right assistant team to, to make sure people are leveraging their expertise. So really, really good. Great interview. Love her. And I I'm really we are gonna enjoy this series, no doubt.
0: I love it. Thanks, Ed. We hope you enjoyed the show gained insight into having a thriving business and living a balanced life. We also welcome any ideas you would like us to discuss in future shows. Don't forget to like and share. We'll see you next week.